This week on the Twinning Podcast. Well, we have boy-girl twins that just turned a year old. Um, we adopted them, and we did not find out about them until the day they were born. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Twinning Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Megan. Yo. Yo. I love how that's how you start <laughs> off our podcast. Well, you're just looking at me like, <laughs> like, what do you want? Yeah, it's amazing. Sunday night. Yeah. My butt hurts from sitting here. Yeah, so this episode is a spe- another special episode. We sat down and um, chatted with Aaron and Chris from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They've got a heck of a story. Yeah. Um, I guess, quick little spoiler. They um, were in the adoption process, got a call in the morning, uh, found out they were not only have um, were matched, but were matched with twins mm-hmm. that were just born. So it's a great story. Um, they're an awesome couple. I definitely think everyone's going to enjoy um, this episode. Mm-hmm. Um but before we kick that off, let's talk about the wine we drank during mm-hmm. the episode. Yep. As you could probably hear me like sipping on it throughout the whole episode. I like slammed mine. You did slam mine. I didn't mean to, but I was thirsty and it was good. So this wine that we're drinking, it's another wine out of the can um, from Walla Walla, Keeping Washington. Keeping here at the this Twinning is, Podcast. This is expensive. So this was like a six dollar can of wine. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a soda can for six bucks. That's that's pricey. That's like how much our dark horse costs a whole bottle. Or it's like a hipster soda. It's a very much a hipster soda. But <laughs> so it was the original house wine, American Chardonnay, and it was uh, definitely unoaked. Definitely, yeah. It's really easy to drink. Yeah, and, um, and it, I mean it's good. We it's not. A, I tend to prefer oaky Chardonnays, but um, it's very very easy to drink and i didn't have it too cold we had it sitting in the wine fridge at 55 Mm -hmm. so i mean it wasn't like at like a 40 or 45 but i thought it was a pretty good temperature for Mm -hmm. it yeah granted it's snowing outside and it's zero degrees but is it summer yet no kidding maybe that's why we wanted to do this chardonnay Uh uh-huh make it feel like summer but what do you think of it i mean i thought it was pretty good i mean would you get it again yeah, I would get it again. I mean, I wouldn't, like, turn it away. You know, I think it would be fun. It would be a good one for, like, a picnic. Mm-hmm. Like, if we were going somewhere and it's a can. Yep. Going to the lake. Yep. Yeah, because we go to the lake all the time. I think we went once. We've had one picnic in our whole relationship. Yep. So let's do a picnic this year. Let's do it. Okay. All right, so... um. Do you want to say anything or should we just get right to the show? Let's just get right to it. All right. Um, again, this is a, I thought it was a good conversation. Yeah, they're awesome. And um, I hope you guys enjoy our conversation with Aaron and Chris. Well, thank you, uh, Aaron and Chris, for joining us on the Twinning Podcast. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having yeah, us. Thank you. Yeah. So I guess obvious you guys have twins um, why don't you we tell us a little... they have twins <laughs> i know weird <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about your twin story well we have boy girl twins that just turned a year old um we 
adopted them and we did not find out about them until the day they were born. Wow. Oh my. Like the day they were holy cow. That's Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it it you know, we were actually on a a snow day. I'm I'm an assistant principal. Aaron's a lead teacher in the county, so there was a it was a teacher work day cuz previous couple of days we had snow and so um I was at an assistant principal's countywide meeting and I got a phone call that said unknown, which usually for me, they're a block caller or could be our case manager. And then as it was calling, I got these frantic texts from our case manager saying, pick up the phone. <laughs> and she, uh, I step out, my, my, uh, middle school director said, hey, I got to take this call and step outside. And she says, okay, I can't get a hold of Aaron. She's not picking up her phone. So I need you to get her on the phone. And I'm going to tell you this, you've been matched. This was our third time being matched. So I said, okay, you know, not, not getting my hopes up. They were born this morning. Excuse me, they? So, oh, yeah, you're having twins, boy, girl, twins, and they're an hour away in Rock Hill. Get Aaron on the phone. You need to get down there tonight. Wow. So, so the first words out of my mouth were, holy shit. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so did you guys know, um, you know, just talking about, I don't know much about the adoption process. My cousin was adopted. Um, I have some friends doing adoption stuff. But um, one of the things, how long, it takes a long time, doesn't it? It really depends. Um, our agency that we decided to go through, um, one of the reasons we picked them was they said their average wait time was six months. And we're saying that's phenomenal because we always heard like two years, two mm-hmm. years. Right. Um, so it really depends on the birth mother. She's the one that picks the family. So you could wait a week, you could wait three years, and you have absolutely no control over that, which for my type A personality was very difficult to get my head around. And one of the the things this agency specialized in was late-term adoption. They in the third trimester or later um, statistically they said if you're there from the beginning of the pregnancy to the end more likely it's not going to go through for mm-hmm. various different reasons but by the time uh, uh, late term adoption um birth moms had more of a time to kind of go through the stages commit to this and, and it still is a chance of of not going through we had two ones that did not go through um but you know the, it's more of a likelihood of it going through when you're, you're in the third trimester or later that's wow that's crazy yeah. so when did you were you guys prepared for a baby at this point or yeah okay <laughs> just yes. one <laughs> so we had been waiting um almost exactly a year when we found out about the twins um our first match happened a month after we finalized our paperwork so we we were kind of crazy saying oh my goodness a month that's it so we kind of got everything together and you know we were waiting for the baby to be born we had a few months um before that baby was supposed to be born and but two months into the match, uh, birth mom changed her mind. Um, you know, but we had a crib, we had a dresser, we had some clothes. We, um, knew the gender of the baby. So we had some clothes and things like that. Um, had a car seat, um, had a stroller. So we we're like, okay, we'll be prepared for the next time around. And, you know, and then the second match happened about five to six months later and it was later in the pregnancy. So we got even more stuff. So we had things for a baby. <laughs> But nothing for twins, because even when we bought the car seat, because we have friends and family members that adopted, they said, just get a car seat. That's all you need, because if you get a call 
that you have to go, you have to take that. They're like everything else you can figure out. Mm-hmm. So right. when we bought the car seat, the person at the baby store said, well, you might as well get a stroller too. It, it'll save you some money. <laughs> and Chris said, he goes, well, what if we get twins? I'm like, we're not going to get twins. It's fine. Oh, that's. I mean, I mean, even when we filled out the application for the agency, you know, they did have a, a segment that said, you know, are you interested in twins? Sure. Then they said, oh, would you be interested in triplets? We're crazy. We're not that crazy. So we, 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 we politely declined that that option. Yeah, that's crazy. Just because thinking about when we, you know, had our girls, we spent like all nine months planning for, well, not nine, well, but seven, seven months, months planning <laughs> for the doubles. And yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, but then again, I don't know. Part of me thinks it would be, I mean, maybe not a day to prepare, but less time to prepare would probably make life less stressful, too, because, you know, then we were just thinking. Overthinking everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you, we guys just, <laughs> you guys kind of just went into instant survival mode. Right. It, yep. Yes, it was. Yes, absolutely. In fact, um, you know, we got down to the hospital around seven o'clock that night. So they were born at 7 a.m. We got down there at 7 p.m. So they were about 12 hours old when we met them. And the next morning when they, you know, the nurses did shift change and everything, they came in and they said, okay, we, we need to do their car seat test. And I said, uh, well, we need to get another one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just stared at us like we were crazy. And I said, uh, we didn't know about that yesterday. So you got to give us a little bit of time to get one. Right. So were they premature were they at term or they were born at 35 weeks um we were told that um our daughter who um was born first i guess she had a little bit of breathing trouble in the beginning um but they were able to take her um i guess into the NICU we don't really know too much information but by the time we saw her she was fine okay um and our son was fine from the beginning. You know, they both were tiny. They were um, four pounds, 15 ounces each. But for 35 weeks and for twins, they, they were good sizes. Right. Um, so they said, as long as they eat well and don't lose too much weight, you will take them home in two days. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So they were born on Tuesday. And mom, birth mom signed the papers on Thursday morning. Um, and we got to take them home Thursday afternoon, which that was a completely crazy day because they couldn't discharge them until we had a doctor's appointment, but we couldn't make a doctor's appointment until we had insurance for them, but we couldn't get insurance for them until birth mom signed the paperwork. (laughs) So crazy runaround of trying to get all this red tape done but, you know, we were fortunate and it all worked out. And, and you know, with going through the, the first two fails, like we we fell into first two failed adoptions. You know, we fell into the first trap of they tell you don't tell too many people. Well, the first time we told pretty much everyone under the sun. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so we said, OK, well, the second time we told le- much less people. And, and, you know, that that this time we just told people we worked with. I think I told one friend that needed to know where we were at and Aaron told another friend, but all our, we, we just told our work people, our bosses basically who needed to know where we're going. And they said, what's the cover story? I said, I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an administrator. I said, people are going to ask where to go. I'm sick. (laughs) Simple. (laughs) And and Aaron's sick too. So Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, it wasn't until, you know, Thursday night 
where we our lawyers basically said, no, you're okay. She's on the papers. I'm feeling comfortable. You can start telling people. So that's when that night we, we let the, the cat out of the bag and because we didn't even tell family. We wow. just couldn't yeah, we couldn't go through it again until we knew for sure. So our family did not know or have any inkling of what was going on. Wow. That's crazy stressful. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just, ugh. But it was, I wish we could have videotaped the conversations when we told our families because we just FaceTimed everybody mm-hmm. and didn't say anything. And we just kind of turned the camera around and showed them the twins and just kind of let them figure it out for themselves. Oh my gosh. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. So, it was, so it was all amazing. your families, they all live up north still then, right? Most family. Most, um, yeah. yeah. I, my, my sister lives in Asheville. My mom lives in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, my stepmom lives in uh, Clemens, North Carolina. Uh, but yeah, a good majority of our, our our family still lives up north. So, how were the first couple months then at home, or how were those first couple like days even like adjusting to not only like not knowing you're having twins, but having twins? Right. Well, we had to stay in a in a hotel um, for about a week and a half because um, basically we. The twins were considered wards of the state of South Carolina after she signed the papers. We were basically, quote unquote, I guess, foster parents at that point in this kind of limbo stage. But we couldn't take them to North Carolina. We had to stay. So we were literally got a hotel on the border of North and South Carolina in order to get food. We would have we would one of us would stay in the hotel room with the kids until and go out and get food, which we would cross over to but if we were caught with them and something were to happen, we would, you know, be in violation of that because we had a clear Department of Social Services. It's something called IPC. Is it ICPC? Um, basically, we would be, quote unquote, kidnapping the child and, until it was fully cleared by both North Carolina DSS and South Carolina DSS. Jesus. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So when we checked into the hotel, you know, they looked at us like we were nuts. And they, they said, how old are they? I said, two days old. <laughs> they probably thought Aaron you were kidnapping some, them, too. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron got some lovely compliments from when we had to do a doctor's appointment, stuff like that. I said, you just had twins, honey? You look great. <laughs> and Aaron would say, well, they're adopted. And one of them finally said, honey, just go with it next time. Yeah, <laughs> so, seriously. That's awesome. Because the crazy thing is, is that. So many people have said it, and actually I've started to see it. They do look like us, which is mm-hmm. so strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no one really knows. In fact, there was one time at the grocery store, someone said, oh, my goodness, they look just like your husband. And I just looked at him. I go, I know. I had nothing to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of, we have some inside jokes about it. That's awesome. So after everything was said and done and legalized, um, or yeah, everything was legalized. Is that the correct term? I don't know. Sure. Signed off, awarded, finalized. <laughs> finalized. Um, you brought them home. How did those, do you guys both take off like a certain amount of time, like a leave or how'd that work yeah. out? Yeah. So we, you know, that was the other crazy thing is that we just kind of took off at work and I said, I'm like, just send me the paperwork. We'll figure it out. Um, so I was able to take 12 weeks of leave, but luckily I work at a year round school so when I went back in April, it was right before we were going out for another three week break. So I went back to work for like three days and then I was off again until May. 
So really, they were almost 16 weeks before we had to put them in daycare because we just had uh, Chris's stepmom watch the babies the first couple of days when I went back to work, which was so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I took about seven weeks off till um, Aaron's parents came down uh, and she could have some backup um, when I went back to work. Yeah. And um, how were those first, you know, eight to 16 weeks? Uh, the first month, you know, they say it's like a blur, but for us, I think it was even more so because we had so much to do, but it was, you know, I was just kind of in a euphoric state because we had been through such tragedy getting to them that I didn't care that I was exhausted. I didn't care that I slept for maybe 45 minutes one day because I was just so unbelievably happy that we were able to get them the way we were able to. And the fact that we always kind of had a dream that we would be able to have a boy and a girl and to be able to get them all in one shot was just amazing. I think, I think what our family and our friends, our coworkers, I mean, they were just the amazing sports system. I mean, the Friday, we, we brought them home that Thursday, Friday, we only brought like clothes and stuff for like a couple of days since we knew we would be close by. I ran home. I, I told Aaron, I said, I'm going to, Swing by work real quick just to make sure since I'm we're not planning on coming back for another week. I just want to pick up a couple of things. When I got into the building and went to my office, there was this huge poster of the picture I'd sent the staff of the announcement of us signed by pretty much everyone on staff, all the staff. And then I walk into my office, there are pampers, there's a stroller. There's mm-hmm. like they assembled this in less than six hours of finding out. And wow. I'm just amazement that's awesome yeah Yeah, we were so fortunate but the other thing that we had to do while we were in the hotel you know trying to one adjust to having two babies and trying to deal with them in a small hotel room was you know we needed to figure out what we needed because everyone kept saying they're like oh my goodness you must need everything where are you registered i haven't even started doing that yet (laughs) all right we got that and when we got home you know we were so fortunate people sent us so much stuff but it was every day we'd get a knock on the door from, you know, packages being dropped off. So it was crazy just trying to adjust to life with twins and then trying to set up and get everything done that you're supposed to do before the babies arrive while they were here. Mm-hmm. So. So did they, did you guys have them sleeping in cribs or? No, we, in the beginning, um, we, we were going to have them sleep um, in a pack and play in our room. And they did that for probably the first week in the hotel um, but during that, Adeline, our daughter hated sleeping flat. She would have really bad reflux and she would have some breathing issues. So she liked sleeping on an incline. Um, so luckily one of our friends, um, when we told her what was going on, they gave us one of their rock and plays and that was a lifesaver for her. So as soon as we realized it was good for her, we got another one for John too. And they slept in our room in the rock and plays until, Probably about four and a half, five months um, before we uh, made the transition to cribs um, in their nursery, which is right across the hall. But we didn't even get the second crib, I think, until about April. Oh. <laughs> they said, well, we don't need it yet. Exactly. <laughs> so how did they how did that transition go for you guys? Was it hard for them? I guess was it hard or did they I just think- take to the crib? Well. I think the first night was the roughest, Mm -hmm. but I mean, rough in the sense of them just getting used to it. I don't think it was anything we weren't prepared for from hearing other people with with kids at that point, just saying the first night's going to be rough. Then they kind of quickly adjust. Sure. 
Yeah, I, I don't even remember our transition. I mean, yeah, I, that's what I was trying to think. I don't even really remember, but at that point, I still wasn't sleeping very well. Yeah. Well, we Are you guys to... sleeping well yet? <laughs> it's better. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. better. I think uh, right around, they were about eight, almost nine months, um, and I had a my first big intercession break from school this year. So I said, all right, before I go back to school, I have two weeks to get them sleeping through the night because I can't keep doing this anymore. I can't mm-hmm. keep getting up in the middle of the night to feed them and then getting up at five o'clock in the morning to get to go to school. I just can't do it. So it was you know, I, it was rough because really when they cried, it really wasn't bothering them. It was bothering me more. Mm-hmm. So just trying to, it was like two to three nights of them, you know, fussing in the middle of the night. And then they started sleeping through the night and it was great. And November ish, they had a few little hiccups because we were traveling a lot again and, you know, they didn't adjust too well when we came back, but knock on wood for the past couple months, they've been pretty much sleeping through the night. They go down about seven thirty. um, at night and during the week they we get them up a little bit before seven to take them to the sitters and on weekends sometimes they sleep even till seven thirty, even eight o'clock in the morning sometimes mornings it's, which is great it was, awesome. it was it was funny like like we said you know initially we're just not getting much sleep either excitement or and, and i had to get when i had to go into work one day early on because I had to give a presentation that no one else could give. We couldn't delay it or anything like that. Aaron found a meme of Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover <laughs> just walking around. And, and it basically said, man, what's wrong? You look terrible. And it said, no, just, no this, I have twins. This is just how I look. And I kind of told my staff that this is the first day I've actually been in normal clothes. Otherwise, it's been in sweats. So this, I'm looking forward to going home, not just seeing them, but getting back in sweats. <laughs> <laughs> Get back into the elastic bands. For sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned you were traveling over or in November. No, we were looking at your pictures. It looks like you've been traveling a lot. So tell us how that's gone. Yes. So um, because my family, most of them live in New York um, in April, uh, they had just turned three months old. Um, I actually drove them to New York by myself wow. <laughs> because Chris worked. Um, and he, then he flew up for just the weekend. Um, it's normally about a 10 to 11 hour drive, um, without them. That first time it took me 15 hours because wow. I had to stop every, cause they were still eating every three hours mm-hmm. and, you know, they would, they were the slowest eaters on the planet, I swear. So <laughs> every stop would be about an hour and a half. So and it was a got, long time. And she got some very interesting offers. You know, people are genuinely very nice. She's, she'd call me and said, well, um, I've had people come up to me and said, Hey, do you, do you want me to help you feed the babies? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> or, or saying, Hey honey, if you want to go and go to the bathroom, I'll watch your kids. I said, I've seen that lifetime special. Yeah. I don't like how it ends. I know. Yeah. And I know what you're saying. It's, I think we've had that a couple of yeah, times. At the, I yeah. remember at the zoo, somebody tried to, like, I was trying to eat and somebody yeah somebody and i was like standing up and rocking while you're eating a hot dog or a broad or yeah yeah. and somebody came up do you want me to hold her while you eat and i'm just "Mm." you know you could tell it's well-being yeah yeah right nice but like you said that could easily turn sour quickly and then you're that one that's like did i just do that yeah But, but, but where it was okay was when we we took them to Hawaii, not because we're stupid and we're crazy, just because four weeks before we, we found out about them, we decided to finally take the advice of our case manager saying, you know what, 
we put off this trip for a year. We're finally going to do it. <laughs> we're going to celebrate it. People say, you're really going to take him to Hawaii? Yeah. We already put down, <laughs> we the, already money put down the money for it. And people are like, you can get out of it. No, we can't. So <laughs> we're going to go through it. So when people offered on the plane saying, hey, we can hold we can hold him while you go to the bathroom. Yes, you're in a captive area. You're not going anywhere. That's we're okay. <laughs> How'd that plane ride go? They did better on that flight than they did on the drive to New York. Wow. Because they weren't stuck in a car seat. So they were on our laps and pretty much anytime they fussed, you know, we could give them a bottle or I could walk the airplane. I, from the flight back from Hawaii to LA, I think I walked about 10,000 steps because Adeline would not, just did not want to be seat, be sitting anymore. So I literally just walked up and down the airplane the whole flight, but it was better than the, when I'm driving by myself with them, when they start screaming, you're going to scream for a while. Mm-hmm. Because like I'm not stopping. Right. Well, that's so. the, Megan's been all about trying to travel, and I'm the one that's like I don't want to have the kids mm-hmm. on an airplane, and I'm just I'm so nervous that it just be like because we were talking about you know like yeah going to Hawaii or going somewhere else and um, bringing the girls, and I'm like oh that could just that could just be a shit show. Yeah, but I also don't want to be yeah i don't want to be that family that just sits on sits at home and doesn't do anything because i have kids right well it worked right. out perfectly fine leaving them at your mom's house when we went to mexico wow <laughs> but i want them to be able to experience yeah. other no that's good to know because again your babies are what a month younger than ours if that mm-hmm. so now they did great on the airplane as i said it was just but it was nice that i could have that opportunity to walk with them but something um, to consider if you do fly is that they can't sit. You can't sit next to each other on the airplane with two lap held babies. Mm-hmm. So th- when they realized that that's how we were sitting, because again, we booked the flights before we knew about them. They made us change our seats last minute and they put us next. They put us one right in front of the other, but next to a window. I said, Oh, that's not going to work. Right. Time we had to get up or change them. You know, I'm bugging everybody. So on the way back, we changed our seats. So we sat in the aisle seats right next to each other. And that's okay uh, because of the oxygen masks you can't have in the same exact row. But but the interesting thing is, like, we had heard about that kind of seating arrangement that you possibly cannot sit there. So, I mean, I called up two or three times to the airline saying, hey, we have infants. I've been hearing this stuff. You know, can't do we are we okay still sitting next to each other? Oh yeah, all three times. Yeah. So I didn't want to be I didn't want to be those people having to take someone else's seat that they paid money for. Mm-hmm. Get to the gate. Oh no, you can't do that. Yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm. They think, why didn't you say I did call three times? Your people on the other end apparently don't know how to do their job. Oh, <laughs> oh that would be so irritating. So we were those and so we felt awful just because we know people had moves and they had to be forcibly moved different areas. And so then we got the dirty looks. Oh my god, I'm sitting next to an infant. Luckily for the most part, they ate their words and they were very good and very impressed by how well they did. Yeah. And we sat next to that people were very understanding. Even on the red we took a red eye back from LA to Charlotte. Um, coming back to Hawaii and that flight, I got, I, I was a little nervous on that flight. Cause I said, if they start fussing, we're going to tick off this entire airplane, mm-hmm. but they were, they did really well. But if you do travel, I would definitely recommend the aisle seats just right next to each other. So that way, if they get fussy, you can just switch off or you can just get up and walk and it's easier to get to the bathroom and things like that. Okay. So mm-hmm. in your trip, was it just the four of you then? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
them. So but did you, they, yeah, how'd you guys do every? Was it just like a big family trip then? Like every meal you had was the you brought the babies. Like every- yep, we so we stayed um, in a one bedroom kind of suite, so it had a full kitchen. So we decided to eat out half the night for dinner and then stay in the other half of night. So when we went to dinner, we just decided to go to dinner at like five o'clock. So that way it was before they went to bed and they, we didn't have to worry about them getting fussy. Okay. So most of the time we, when we did go out to dinner, we'd get home, you know, a little bit after seven still was able, able to give them their bath and their bottle and put them down around seven thirty eight. And then we had a balcony that overlooked the whole resort. So we would just sit out and drink wine and just relax. And, it, you know, it wasn't like a traditional vacation, but mm-hmm. still relaxing. The only thing that wasn't quite as relaxing was the beach or the pool, because you can't sit and read a book for hours like you would without children. But mm-hmm. it was still a really nice vacation. That's awesome. That sounds fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> So how how is everything going since? Like, how are the last six months gone? It's been a whirlwind. Um, it's hard to believe they're a year. Um, the last, the only hard part about when they right before they turned six months, we had to put them in the cranial bands. Um, so poor things had to be in the helmets for the hottest months of the year, mm. which made it a little difficult. And those first two weeks of them getting used to that were horrific they wouldn't sleep for more than 45 minutes at a time but once they got used to them it was fine um but they had to be in those for almost five months it it was it was nice with the bands just because if they ever accidentally kind of lost balance the crash dummy helmet so it's like okay you know that that, you know not using it but it's just it made it a little bit easier if they fell it's like okay you're you're, there's cushion there right (laughs) now are they walking no, um, Adeline is crawling everywhere. Um, she started doing that a couple weeks ago. At first, she was just doing this like hard army crawl across the floor. Um, but that was it. John, he's our chill, relaxed baby. He just kind of does his own thing and watches, but he's trying to crawl and he will a few times, but most of the time he'll just get frustrated with it and then he'll sit and roll everywhere. So he gets to where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, so just crawling and rolling. So we're definitely trying to throw up gates and baby proof certain things because, you know, you don't think one thing is, he thinks one thing's okay. And then it's like, oh, wait, they're knocking over that speaker. I've got to move that. Similarly, Adeline's got teeth. John has none. Wow. He's my toothless wonder. Adeline's got like (laughs) teeth. How many? Still has none. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, I think when our girls. When they were one, because you said their first birthday was just the, recently, right? This last yeah, week they, or something. Yeah. yeah the t- they were our girls weren't walking at one, but it came quickly after that. Yeah. There's right around that same where you know Harper was crawling everywhere. Charlotte would crawl here and there, but was more content just watching everybody else. You mm-hmm. know, just sit there and kind yeah, of like she's okay. lazy. Yeah. She's chill. That's she's what, lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it happened. Um, we went on a little like quick little trip at the week before Christmas and that's when Harper really started walking and then what like this last week week and a half is when Charlotte started walking yeah yeah I think they're going to make the transition quick just because Adeline loves to stand Mm -hmm. but 
silly girl stands on her tiptoes as much as possible. So there's times where she almost loses her balance. I'm like, well, if you put your feet flat on the ground, it makes it all easier. But she marches to the beat of her own drums. She is going to give me a run for my money. <laughs> How do they do with shoes? Do they like shoes? Um, honestly, I've only put them in them a couple of times. We went to a wedding in DC in October. So I decided I'm like, maybe we should put some shoes on them since we're going to be in a nice church and things. So I did them. I did that. And that's pretty much it. Did they rip them not- off? Um, they fell off because Adeline's feet are really, really tiny. Oh. Um, but other than that, John kept them on. He was fine, but, but he's my chill one. Oh. Our girls will not wear shoes. Yeah. They have these like, monster slippers so they like look like little like monster claws and that's pretty much the only thing they will wear yeah keep on their feet if it's anything tied or velcroed or anything they rip it off yeah i'm a, i have a feeling they're going to be like that with shoes because they're like that with socks mm-hmm. they'll rip them off as soon as i can in fact adam was crawling around today with one of the first socks hanging out of her mouth <laughs> <Just because. laughs> that's awesome so over the first year um you know what were some of the things that you know like hacks that you learned um that worked well for you or maybe even like purchases you made that like were lifesavers uh i think the first lifesaver purchase was um getting the juvie twin um was it the twin roof um stroller i still use that and that is my grocery cart so I just said, I'm like, I know we probably need to move him to the other car seats, but right now I still need that because I don't know how I'm going to handle going to the grocery store by myself with them in regular cars. That, that came from a recommendation of a, a friend of mine who I did my administrative internship with. She was an assistant principal I was interning at, and she she has identical girl twins. And so she made a bet with me, you know, Chris, it, it's going to happen for you right when you get the adopt. Right when you get matched, you're going to get pregnant with twins. So when I broke the news to her, I said, you're kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> we got twins, but not in the way you thought. So, but she made the record. She said it was, it was a lifesaver for her. So, um, oh, so yeah. we went and we have a, a juvie, just normal stroller that's worked out really well too. Yeah. We loved our juvie. Mm-hmm. We yeah. use, we use that. It was so heavy. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Well, we, um, we had to get rid of my car because it didn't fit the stroller. So once we got home, um, from the hotel, you said, I'm like, okay, we got to go buy a van. And I always said I would not be a minivan mom. And then I had twins. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still resisting the minivan. Yeah. I'm kind of like, we need something like this, but I think you've, so we're trying it out. When we go visit, we're going to visit my mom in a couple of months and, we're going to rent a van to see what we think of it. Yeah. It is. I think they love it. Yeah. I, it's I, nuts I, how I, small like our escape is with the babies. Cause there's just no room. I mean, you no, can't yeah, sit no back. You can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I always said never, I would never drive one. And then we got it and I was like, okay, this, Yep, I love it. Because <laughs> I think they make them cool now because I think no one actually wants to go out and buy a minivan. So they put a lot of features in it to actually make you want to drive it. Right. <laughs> yeah. What other, any other um, hacks that you learned or other items that you guys had purchased? Uh, the rock and plays were lifesavers. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that it sounds ridiculous, but a friend of mine um, 
told us about it. It's called a bum brush. And it's like the silicone brush that you could um, put the diaper cream on it. So that way you don't get your hands messy. Oh, that's smart. That is yes. smart. <laughs> yeah. So I went nuts and I have six of them. So we have upstairs, downstairs, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the diaper bag. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm like, right now we've switched. Um, we're using, what is it? Aquaphor. Yeah. And, uh, I just like literally, it's like a tube of toothpaste and I just squeeze it right on their butt (laughs) and just (laughs) let it sit there. And I'm like, they'll wiggle it around and smooth it out. Yeah. Over the course. Um, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard any of our, we've went through quite the diaper rash from hell. Oh yeah. That's right. Hashtag diaper rash from hell. Um, (laughs) but We've kind of figured out our match, and it's the Aquaphor. We used to use a lot of that Destin, and mm-hmm. that that would be smart. I think somebody mentioned that about that paintbrush, or it was like a spackle thing that they were talking yeah. about. <laughs> That's awesome. A um, friend of mine, like, her gift to me was like this diaper rash remedy, and they she said to put um, Maalox on them, like clean them up, and then the antacid will help neutralize the the acidity from the poop that's causing the rash so you wipe that on them and then you put i think it's the aquaphor and then you do like butt paste or desitin on top of that um and i've done that for john a couple of times and it takes care of it within a day oh that's awesome wow Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm like so like on top of like if their butt starts turning red at all i'm like lathering that thing up putting them (laughs) into honest diaper the nothing but like paper towels to touch their butt and, oh, yeah. What kind of diapers do you guys use? Um, we've kind of gone through the gamut of a bunch of them because mm-hmm. we were so fortunate. Uh, people bought us so many diapers because I don't think they knew what else to get us. Um, so we didn't buy a diaper for seven months, That's awesome. which was phenomenal. Um, so right now I go back and forth. Um, we use Pampers Baby Dry at night because that's the only thing that keeps Adeline dry at night. Um, but during the day, um, we use the Target brand. Yeah, I think that's kind of what our go-to is mm-hmm. um, after these honest runs. Yeah. And I think the Target ones, like you, you know, like you've said, you know, we've used all the other diapers too, and they are the best ones. It's mm-hmm. a great price, but yeah. they do—they're not leaking everywhere. Right. Yeah. Now, the only time I will say that they didn't work was that we kind of had the plague go through our house last weekend. Thank God Chris was healthy because John was uh, John got it first on Thursday and then Adeline got it on Friday and then I got it Friday night. (laughs) I got it before break and I bounced back rather quickly. It was a miracle that during Christmas no one else caught it. So delayed reaction. (laughs) We had it. We had the same same type of thing happen where it lasted like a day, day and a half. Um, but the girls didn't get it. We one did. Remember? Oh, yeah. Charlotte Charlotte had it. it, but Harper didn't. So I'm convinced Harper was the carrier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they bounced back within a couple of hours. Where, uh, I I couldn't move, I think, for like 36 hours. Yeah. So I'm glad if anyone had to get it bad. I'm glad it was me. But Adeline definitely had some remnants of it with just, just horrible diarrhea for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, I went I through the storm quite well. Can't channel in my inner Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom. I was doing it, you know. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what was, yeah, we had really, I think, yeah, you were saying the bad diapers. It was that seventh generation diaper. Oh, yeah. Ugh, they're crap. 
they last like three hours and the girls were soaking through them. Yeah. And, uh, um, so now that your kids are, I don't know, I call them enjoyable, but at this age where they're fun to play, like they're playing with stuff, um, mm-hmm. do they have any favorite toys or anything? One of the favorites that John had since the beginning, um, I think it's by Fisher Price, it's a piano kick mat. So, you know, he would lay on that and he could kick his feet with the piano and there would be toys hanging from it. He loved that from the time he was a month old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can turn the keyboard up so you can sit and play with it. So he still loved that toy. He loved anything musical. Oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah. We had something similar to that, yeah. But um, we have the Sophie, the giraffe that stays in the diaper bag because they both love those when we're out and about. Um, Yeah, but pretty much anything musical they like. Um, And a friend of ours um, gave us, maybe it was your mom that gave us the alphabet that was on, um, it's like wooden letters that spin around and they'll sit there and spin that thing. It's almost like an abacus looking thing, but with the alphabet. And they love that. But really, I think their favorite toys are books. They will eat them or play with them and, you know, turn the pages. They just... Yeah, when Adeline, Adeline is the one who eats the books. When she said she eats up a book, no, she literally eats up a yeah. book. Yeah, so I'm laughing because uh, Charlotte has decided that she is going to eat books. Yeah, like. I started calling her a billy goat because she just, like, <laughs> sits down and just starts eating on the spine. And, like, she does yep. damage to them. Yeah, chunks out of them. Yes. Yep, Adeline's done that too. And I don't but know how, how to stop yeah. it. I don't know if we should stop it. I mean, I mean, I mean, we probably should stop it, but <laughs> I mean, but we can't find. I mean, I went out yesterday and bought a different teething toy. Yeah, but I don't feel like they've used it in that much. No, they just like those books eating them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they didn't really. Ne- they never really liked like the teething rings or anything like that. They never really went to those things. But they will play with those, but they don't use it for their intended purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the same. Thing. I I threw a spatula into their oh, yeah. day, into their playroom yesterday, and they just started chewing on the spatula. I'm like, there we go. <laughs> at least they're not <laughs> swinging it at each other. Yeah. Um. So over the last year, you've kind of you've went through like pretty much like the craziness that every other twin family has. What advice would you give to new twin parents? Uh, remember it gets better <laughs> <laughs> when the, it didn't hit me that it was hard until about March because then the exhaustion, the euphoria was kind of gone and the exhaustion set in um, and my help was gone. So that's when it really hit me. And it started probably about when they were turned about five, six months, they really became just fun and not, you know, needing all the time. And they finally, you know, started eating faster. And so it took a little bit of time, but, you know, they are, they're so fun now. They just, they laugh and play together and, you know, I can set them on the floor and they'll just giggle and laugh at each other, which is so fun to hear. Yeah. We, we came up with a rule in the early, early weeks and early months when we would be waking up every two, three hours with them in the middle of the night, just for feeding. We don't talk at that moment. Whatever reason, we just don't talk. We just feed. Because <laughs> no one's happy waking up at that moment. You just don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> or if we say something, it stays at night. Like, yeah. don't, don't bring it up in the morning because yeah. obviously we said it out of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm. That would be a great podcast. Just people's conversations when they have to wake up at 1 a.m. and at 4 a.m. to feed a girl, like feed their kids. 
Yeah. I mean, those conversations, that's a good idea that you guys did. Because that's probably like, mother. Yeah. All crying. Yeah. I'm pretty certain I cried. Even even if, like, neither one of us was working, it got to the point where it's just like, nope. No, we're just not. We're not saying anything because it's just not going to be productive. (laughs) So, how did you guys? um, And the reason I ask this is one of our past guests. They just had their twins, um, and they were sending me notes, and I was like about like how about night feedings and stuff, and I couldn't remember really um, how it was. But how did you guys work the night feedings, um, like all together? Did you both wake up at like? for the whole time in the middle of the night or did you guys alternate nights or how'd that work when chris was still on maternity uh, paternity leave we both got up um the whole and did the whole feeding together um when he went back to work um then i just did them together in the middle of the night because i said you can't afford to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work and also get up two to three times in the middle of the night you're just not gonna be able to function Mm-hmm. Um, so when he went back to work, um, I did it all. And then when I went back to work, um, they, we still were getting up once a night. So then we were back to doing it together. Um, we tried everyone, we tried for a couple weeks. I don't even think it lasted that long that one of us would take the first night feeding and the, one of us would take the second feeding. So that way we could get a little bit more sleep, but when we tried to do that, they were still too little and it was just too much for both of us to try, try to handle them together. So mm-hmm. we just decided against that. What was the, how'd you guys end up getting your babies to like sleep through the night? Or, um, when I remember is for us is when we got it where we could eliminate that 3am feeding and I'd feed them at like uh, 10 or uh, 11 and then oh my God, seven. See, we tried to do like the dream feed and it was disastrous. It never worked for us. The first, the times we did it, they were just, they were furious that we woke them up and then they still were, then they still would get up at like three o'clock in the morning. So we're like, okay, forget it. We're not going to do it. So we were really lucky that we would put them down at about seven 30 and most of the time they would go to sleep within five to 10 minutes and they'd be out until about a this is where it would go crazy that sometimes it was midnight they would wake up. Sometimes it was 4 a.m. And it was anywhere in between there that they would wake up. And I just said, I'm like, I'm not going to wake up until they wake me up. So usually it was just one time during the night. Um, but when we tried to get them to sleep through the night, I kind of struggled with, okay, John's crying. Do I wake up Adeline and feed them both just so I can get back to sleep in 20 minutes? Or do I only feed John and then risk Adeline's going to wake up in an hour. So yeah. we did, we were for a couple, probably a couple months we did. If one wakes up, we woke both of them up and fed them. Um, and then we started, okay, Adeline's getting angry when we wake her up. So let's just wait. And that was a little nuts because if Adeline woke up first, we fed her, put her back to bed. An hour later, John would wake up and we feed him, put him back to bed. And then we weren't getting any sleep again. So at that point, I said, they don't need to eat in the middle of the night. They just want to eat in the middle of the night. So that's when I said, okay, we're cutting it off. (laughs) And we just did the three minute, wait three minutes, go in and check on them, go back, wait five minutes, go in and check on them. But Adeline is my stubborn girl. And I swear I could be, she could cry for an hour sometimes. (laughs) So if she cried for more than 20 minutes, I just fed her because I said, forget it. We are, we're never going to get sleep if we're continue mm-hmm. to do this. 
it's not worth it at that point. Right. Exactly. And yeah, she is the stubborn one that she will cry as long as you let her. Yeah. Until. That was like our big thing is we're um, another person we were talking to basically just told us stop getting let like letting them cry and wake you up mm-hmm. let them cry it out and i'm like well you know they cry for like 20 minutes and then i go and she's like well that no that means they know that they can cry for 20 minutes and they'll come in <laughs> and yep. i think it was that night that we mm-hmm. stopped it they've it was the same type and of it thing it wasn't even a middle of the night beating at that point it was that 10 or 11 o'clock beating you were feeding them right before mm-hmm. um they went to bed or you went to bed yeah and it was just such a game changer once they are able to sleep through the night. Yes, absolutely. And now when, when Adeline, she was cutting a tooth last night, so of course she was a little fussy. So when I woke up this morning, I was like, okay, she kept me up for maybe 30 minutes and I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. How did I go for months and months and months on broken sleep? Because one night is kicking my butt. Right. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking about when we were, and I was like messaging back and forth with this family i'm like how did we function with hour and a half of sleep and then it took us like an hour to feed them mm-hmm. yeah it'd be like half an hour of like i don't know get your stuff together whatever it was for you know because you couldn't fall back asleep right away and yeah it was i don't know how we did that yeah and still like survived yeah are they still taking bottles yes um, John will sometimes use a sippy cup, but Adeline wants nothing to do with it. So we just keep them on bottles. Um, we take them for their year checkup tomorrow, actually. So we'll see if we can start transitioning them off of formula. Yeah, I think we now are down to one formula bottle at night, mm-hmm. which yeah. is kind of it's awesome. Um, yeah. But I've noticed like the crankiness. It's almost like they want their bottle. And, yeah, uh, I think they like the act of bottle feeding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been putting whole milk in some of the bottles during the day if they want <laughs> something, and that worked out pretty well. And okay. yeah, um, another thing I wanted to ask you guys uh, with the adoption thing: Do you guys have any adoption tips for other people that might be in the process or um, starting to think about adoption? Um, yeah. yeah. One thing I would definitely recommend is take your time to do your research for the right agency because that agency is going to be your advocate and you want them, you just want to be comfortable with them and know that they are going to get the job done right, effectively and professionally. And we spent probably about four to five months researching different places because there are some interesting adoption agencies out there. Um, you know, we live in North Carolina and a lot of the agencies that were located in North Carolina made you sign a certain thing that you were going to raise the child in a certain religious belief. Oh. And, you know, we we both were raised Catholic, but we don't consider ourselves highly religious people. And I said, I'm not going to sign something just for the sake of getting a child. I, I don't I don't like that. And, you know, in some places, you know, don't allow um, gay and lesbian couples or single parents. And I said, you know. Yes, we aren't don't fit in that category, but I don't think it's right that we're allowed to get a child, but you know, a single mom isn't allowed to. Yeah. So we found an agency that um, it didn't matter, you know, what your religious belief was, you know, what your family dynamic was. So that was one of the reasons we went with the agency we went with. So definitely take your time, 
and finding the place that you feel 100% comfortable with. And one of the things, you know, when we were after we had our first fails and then hadn't been matched with it with a second, you know, we would get we would be put on an emergency list for our agency being that these would be last minute um, adoptions that wouldn't match any filters that we have that we said, you know, were. And, and so, you know, we'd get those. And then there was one in particular that we got and uh, didn't match any air filters. And Aaron was ready to jump on a plane to Seattle. Um, but I kind of told her, I said, you know what, when with our first one that ended up failing, I said, we were all in, you know, it didn't matter or anything like that. And, and I said, if you want to jump on a plane to Seattle, we'll do it. But I don't want for an instant that our child's already going to have, you know, being adopted. They might have their own baggage with that, but I don't want them ever for a second thinking that we were ever questioning whether we wanted to be their parents or not. Mm-hmm. And so that, that be, be willing to have those conversations with your, your, your wife, your partner, wherever is saying like, what are your non-negotiables? What are, you can go, you, you can learn and, and be that around. Cause those are really important because you, you're not going to know sometimes what's coming, you know, medically wise, if it's last minute, if the birth mom maybe or sticks around before you even get there. I mean, we were lucky to have with the, all of them for the most part, some sort of, some sort of understanding of where they were coming from medically and, and just talking to them at that point, but you may not. And, and you're going to have to understand that. And my cousin who's adopted, they, their family's adopted three kids. They were an amazing resource for us mm-hmm. and, and just talking us through all these different types. So they, they got the last minute call. They've also had told us about time, uh, a time where it just didn't feel right and, and they walked away. And, and you know, it's, it's gotta be, you want that child, but it has to be one of those things like are you ready to do you're you're ready to have whatever comes with it at that point some people you know i've i've had friends that are are fine adopting whatever kid if they're better more heartfelt parent than me so be it you know at, at that point but you have to have those honest conversations about you just don't know what child it that child's coming from background wise and, and you just got to be having those conversations beforehand that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a, your story is just fascinating. When you meant, sent me that first message about how, um, you went from like no babies to twins in six hours, I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, that's nuts. I mean, mm-hmm. but it was meant to be, you know, we absolutely, yeah. And we said, you know, with the other two fails, it was heartbreaking and it was tragic, but, you know, everyone kept saying to us that, like, the right situation will come along and everything will make sense. And I would, I would get angry at that because, you know, I was just, I was hurt and, you know, I was broken from those tragedies. But then when we put our eyes on our children, I said, it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense now because it was an emotional roller coaster, but in the end you will be matched with the right situation for your family. And that's what happened to us. And Aaron had posted this, our story on, on, Facebook I think it was a, a week or so after we had gotten home not because we wanted you know oh my gosh you know, that's amazing things like that we wanted to put it out there for 
friends of ours or for friends of friends of theirs or ours that are going through this and are going through in a silent way like we were mm-hmm. going through you know the not being able to have kids naturally not you know getting matched and then having an adoption fall through you know we wanted to put it out there saying hey we get it we we're here with you we, there is hope it is the worst thing to hear saying so you just have to wait it's one of those things like it's sometimes it will be quick other times you'll be waiting over a year um and we put it out there for people to give hope and i there were a couple of friends of mine that posted saying thank you for this we'll keep holding on to that hope for us that i didn't know that we're going through that Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah that's good i mean thank you guys very much for joining us i mean this is Great, yeah. convers- great conversation. It's very it's, interesting to hear. Yeah, this. I mean, it's you have such a different story from ours, so it's nice to hear kind of what you guys went through. And um, yeah, yeah, and it's glad to hear everything's going awesome. <laughs> yeah, too. for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't change it for a second. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank Aaron, Chris, thank you guys for joining us. If um, anybody wants to connect with you, um, are you guys online anywhere? We are, um, you know, we have everything private, but if anyone would like to send us a message, um, you know, we're just under Facebook under, um, my name is, um, Aaron Spencer Balga under, um, Facebook or Instagram. Mine's Chris Balga. So again, you know, we have it private, but if they message us or just, you know, if they friend us or just message us first and just tell us, tell us, you know, what they are, you know, we'll be more than happy to talk with them. That's awesome. awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us and, uh, you guys have a great uh, second year. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Bye.